Welcome to Healing Body, Mind and Soul, empowering self-care, self-healing, and self-mastery for a better world. Here's your host, Ariel Asher. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Ariel with Healing Body, Mind, and Soul. I'm so excited today because in today's episode, not only do I get to interview my great friend, Luis Silva of Optimal Body Works, but I have really exciting news. So I'm going to take a moment and tell you about my really exciting news. So um, at the time of this recording, I am just finding out from my publishers that um, the book project that I participated in, Animal Legacies, The Animal Legacies actually is the title of the book, made number one in three countries. Yeah, three countries. Wow. The U.S., the US number Australia. One and France within 24 hours of being launched and became a bestseller in those three countries. And not only that, like that's not good enough. <laughs> that's just not even it, wow. <laughs> that's not, like that's not even good. It actually hit best-selling ranking. Um, obviously it got those three number one best-selling rankings, but it actually got best-selling ranking in 18 categories and 11 of them were number one. <laughs> so, so you today, were like number one squared. You're like number yeah. one with sprinkles of number uh, one. I really thought that we were going to, um, well, late last night I was watching the scores and, you know, when you're on a project and everything, you're, um, you're waiting for, you know, it's like a, an election or something. We're waiting for all the numbers to come in. So we were waiting and up late last night, um, I saw that we were um, number two, and I guess um, overnight we had some amazing um, boosts and some awareness about our book, so we achieved our number one status. So thanks for giving me some space to hoot about that. This is awesome. It, it really is awesome. Um, and, you know, the book was a very important project to me. I'm going to segue into our guest. Usually I start the show with a fabulous um, intro for my guest. So actually, let me do that now. I'm gonna backtrack my fabulous story of success and my fabulous guest today, Luis. I've known Luis for a little while. I met him over at his business, his Optimal Body Works. He's gonna tell you a little bit about the work he does over there in just a moment. Um, over at um, Body, um, uh, body architecture um, a center where I go and um, float. Anyway, Luis is really great. He's been helping me out with some, with the pain in my neck, mm -hmm. if you'll pardon the expression. And um, we just clicked while we were on, while um, he's working on my neck. Sometimes we get um, chit chatty, you know, I'm always chit chatty, but, um, <laughs> but we got talking and and, you know, um, I just said, you know, I have this podcast I would love for you to be on. And I love um, giving practitioners the space to tell what gets you started 
in this kind of work in the helping profession, you know, I have been a healer my entire adult life, um, you know, and I think that some of my family thinks it's a little bit crazy. I'm obsessive <laughs> and I get, I can, you know, what, um, what drives these people? What is it that exactly. has working our passion and helping and, um, and, um, just being of assistance? What is driving all of that for you, Louise? So first of all, thank you for being on the show and thank you and for having give, me, Ariel. Yeah. Give us a little piece of you. Tell us what's going on. So what really got me started in body work in general was I had a deep passion for art or expression in general. I had, I had a deep passion for like painting and, and music and acting and all these other things that allow people to express themselves. I always felt that expression was the opposite of depression. So it was a really good way to like whenever in a mood just to like express yourself. It was always healthy. The outcome was always healthy. Yeah. Um, processing emotions is, um, yeah. They get stuck then, there in your body, right? They, they get stuck there <laughs> if you don't mm -hmm. express them out. So how yeah. did that lead you into um, body work? Well, the body is a very um, expressive tool. And, and as far as body work goes, the, the art of it I always found was to try to get as much context of the client as possible. And I feel like that's what a lot of people are missing in like both ends of the spectrum, whether you're extremely evidence-based or extremely intuitive, the, the, the art of it is to be able to, um, it's, it's to just get as much qualitative and quantitative data on the client and try to accomplish the outcomes that they want. And um, that's what got me into like the physiology of it. I was also very interested in physiology and how these, um, physical mechanisms in our bodies can bring the outcomes such as that with your pain relief in your neck or the yeah. pain relief in your back and the more movement you get and all these other things. So that's, um, it encompass body work encompassed both the things that I loved very much, which was art expression and physiology. And that's how awesome. I got really into it. Yeah. I think that a lot of body workers are, are of this kind of, um, of this kind of mind. And mm -hmm. um, sometimes people, sometimes people have inciting incidences that make them want to go out and help everybody. But um, I love this. And um, we have a lot of matches. You and I am also a musician and, um, and a creative type. And I really do think mm -hmm. that that is what um, drove me into body work um, as well. And I love what you were saying here about, you know, what I hear when I'm listening to you anyway, um, is that you're a little bit of a detective, right? Yes. You gather, yes. you gather little bits, breadcrumbs of information. And, and then what I like is that you um, process that information and then you apply it to how the machine of the client's body is working. So, mm -hmm. so even though you're an artist, you're also a little bit of a science, a science architect, like an engineer, right? Because exactly, that's that is more in the realm of function with the client. Anytime when it comes with the function, like if you're assessing how they do a squat, or if you're assessing the the the, the like quality of the the movement in a squat or a jump, or accelerating forward and running, or decelerating and the in the end phase of running that's that is the total mechanistic mind for the outcomes of wanting to improve all those things i've been coming more comfortable with the idea of the 
the cognitive factors when it comes to pain, when it comes to the actual subjective experience of pain. I, I, and that's, that's almost more of the artistic part. That's where you can be more creative. That's when you try to gain insight on something that you really cannot measure really on a, on a um, quantitative way, really. Like right, you have to basically. There's no painometer. <laughs> no, you, you have to basically work with the, what the, the client can tell you. Yeah, and it's all subjective. Um, yeah, it's super interesting. I, um, I like that problem solving um, process too. Now, if our clients are listening here and they're, mm -hmm. and they're curious about your work, you yeah. know, what kind of people um, can you help out? So a lot of the people that I see are people who are either uh, preparing themselves for surgery or people who have just gotten off the surgery table and they need to improve a certain movement within a duration of time. That's a common, that's a common outcome with like knee surgery. Like with knee surgery, you, you need to be able to get the knee to flex before a certain amount of time. Otherwise, it'll, it'll be fixed that way. So that's, that's, that's pretty synonymous with a lot of the work that I do is that the time restriction of outcomes with people mm -hmm. and then the pain i see a lot of people who are in chronic pain whether it's um whether there's like um, an, an injury or a trauma whether it's musculogenic or facetogenic or sacrogenic or or cognitive related um I, i'll be trying to work with people who've been dealing with chronic pain for more than th uh, th uh, three months basically Typically within three months, this is what's the, the common outcome is, especially people dealing with um, idiopathic pain or pain without a known cause. They'll be dealing with the pain. They'll be suffering with this pain for a great duration of time. They'll get an x-ray and then there's no finding with the x-ray. So in the chronology of things, they'll, they'll do the MRI and there'll still be no findings. And essentially this person's left with no, no findings or explanation for the pain. And that's typically the population of people that I'll see a lot of with chronic pain is those people. And um, when we're talking about pain, are you talking about um, like, you know, I told the audience, um, I have pain in my neck. Um, mm -hmm. um, and some people live with their pains in their necks um, and in different, in different capacities and being funny. Mm -hmm. And um, do you see, um, are you, uh, do you specialize particularly in upper back and upper cervical? I used to work with an upper cervical specialist, for example, um, shoulders. Like, do you have an, you mentioned knees. Do you have, yeah, knee, knees, do you have knees. a thing that is just your jam? <laughs> and so knees, uh, low back, neck, are the the three main areas that, I, that I'm getting the most. Those are the ones that I get the most. Like those are the areas that if I were to go through all of my, my soap notes with my clients, those are the three areas. And I consider shoulder, like the back of the shoulder, the back. Like that does make it like, yeah. it does like in the grand scheme of things, it does generalize it. But the, 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 the back, whether it be the low or the mid back, uh, the knees and the neck, yeah. So if any of our clients have it. Are you a healing practitioner, teacher, trainer, or coach with a huge message of self-empowerment, healing, or transformation that you want to share out to the world? Then we invite you to join our amazing self-care book project. 
visit somasoundtherapy.com. It's time to show up, speak up, and stand out. We are looking for co-authors to join our book opportunity entitled Empowered Self-Care, Healing Body, Mind, and Soul for a Better World. For all the info, just visit us at somasoundtherapy.com. Are you ready to be heard? that sort of pain or that weird mm-hmm. thing that they can't figure out why does this keep coming back or they've been to a million chiropractors you know mm-hmm. i am um, i really like um louise's methodology and i'm um, i'm just speaking um from a client sense um too because um i remember the first time that i met with louise he told me a funny story um and so i'm telling the story of you telling the story but you know it's what i'm talking about about the dresser can you tell the dresser yes. drawer analogy please so this is an analogy that's always used in the manual therapy setting when they're discussing the differences between um, the, the common uh, thrusting techniques that would be done either by a chiropractor or an osteopath, which is like this very like quick, this very quick, like this very quick um, thrust motion in comparison with active direct techniques like uh, muscle energy technique or PNF, in the comparison between the two is they both provide the same outcomes. They both provide more joint motion and they both provide more function and pliability of the joint basically. And um, the difference being is that, and this is where the analogy where the dresser drawer comes in, where let's say you have a dresser drawer and it's stuck open, it's fixed open. You can put that dresser drawer back in two ways. You can either slam it, you can either slam the dresser drawer really hard, get it back in, that that would work. Or you can gently and slowly, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Or you can gently and slowly finesse the dresser drawer back into play. And um, both of them provide the same outcome, but one will allow you to keep the the dresser longer, essentially. And that's and just my that philosophy of it. The, and there we have it. I, there's the rub to keep mm-hmm. the dresser longer. Now, in this analogy, if your neck is the dresser, now people, you put together the, you put together the pieces here. Which do you yeah. want to keep longer? All right. So um, yeah. I love all of this. This is like, um, you know, when I was, um, when I was coming up in body work and doing lots of um, training and body work and, um, really working um in that field um louise for me um cranial sacral work and um um, somato emotional release work were my two um jam modalities because to me they're very effective they can be very effective absolutely absolutely but those crossed over for me this physiological part and the energy work part so that's when I, um, everything fired and I got all of that. But what I love about the cranial sacral work was that it was a gentler technique. And so in my own world, um, that was for me how I made a shift so that I stopped going the path of um, deep tissue. <laughs> deep, deep, deep. Mm-hmm. Because, because, you know, it might feel great for a little while, but, it, but sometimes, you know, the, the underlying problem is something that needs to be finessed a little bit, a, a little bit more. I really try my absolute hardest to avoid deep tissue, but I still find myself doing it to this day. And I'll explain why. And I, it, it really comes down, this is what's been the most helpful for me and all of the outcomes with my clients is that 
when it comes to pressure or stimuli of any kind, any, any sensory input, whether it's touch or vision or taste or hearing, everyone has a bias for the input. And the, the best analogy that I like to use is like with hot sauce. Like I love lots of hot sauce in my soup. And my wife, she likes very little hot sauce in her soup. Let the hot sauce represent the pressure or the modality. And I'm not, I'm not one that's fixed on the idea that one modality is like the, the high, there's like a hierarchy of modalities. I'm not convinced of that. I'm not convinced that one modality is like one over the other. I think that everyone's nervous system is going to respond based on their input bias for the stimuli. So a lot of people, they'll get really good results with really, really, if they, there's, there's some people who will have weeks of relief after being carved into like a steak. But I don't want to do that. I know I don't want to do that to them. But if the outcome that I want is for them to get that relief and that's what works for them, I, have to, I, I just need to listen to what their, their sensory input bias or their, their nervous system is. But I also oh, just hold people. Sure. I also just hold people's heads for hours too. I also just hold people's heads for hours, and, and and I don't dig into them at all. And the outcome is is just as good as getting dug into. Is the 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 outcome is the same, but the neurology of the two is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no. Uh, that's okay. You got no argument um, with me here. I know um, um, deep tissue works when it when it needs to work. You know and. And I always tell people, um, I am a very heavy-handed um, energy worker. I um, I do um, acupressure and um, energy work. So um, mm -hmm. I do this nice, light um, Swedish massage, not um, not deep into the um, tissue mm -hmm. and cranial sacral kind of kind of work. Um, I'm not a um, pokey person. I remember when I came into um, to um, um, uh, Luis's office for the first time. He said, oh, yeah, the work I do is like rolfing. And my um, perception of what rolfing is, is horrifying. That is cut mm -hmm. into like a steak. And in fact, um, um, years and years ago when I was um, just coming up, when I was um, attending the Berkeley Psychic Institute, a lot of the um, people that um, I was working with, you know, we're into different kind of body modalities and everything. And I remember one guy getting training where he actually had rolfing done where he, they were putting balloons into his sinuses and expanding his face and with these um, balloons in his sinuses to get, um, to get the, yeah, really weird stuff. And so, so that was under the category of rolfing. So I have a bias, as you say, to rolfing. Yeah, you could. Because my association is balloons up your nose and cut. I wouldn't like that at all. Like a ninja. Yeah, like a getting cut up like a Ginsu knife. Um, um, so, so it was really... Um, um, yeah, so um, so when when people say to me, just the vocabulary word sort of like triggers that in me. Those are my associations mm -hmm. and um, and super deep work. So I was very surprised. Um, um, Louis, Luis's work is super gentle and um, and um, very effective. So I was able to drive down the freeway and look over my shoulder and change lanes for the first time in a long time. So that's always great for me. <laughs> so it's safer yeah it's safer for everybody involved if i can change lane or, or else i'll just be in one stuck in one lane ah <laughs> never be able to go anywhere <laughs> so thank goodness so thank goodness um that we um, have done some work on my neck and my old lady hump on my back is um looking good i'm standing up straight and um and i can drive and change lanes um safely
So that's wonderful. Luis, what are you passionate about in your work right now? I'm extremely passionate about the um, natural painkillers of the body right now. I'm extremely passionate about that because I'm very aware of the negative outcomes of the mass uh, prescription of, of, of traditional opiates or internal analgesics. I'm aware of their, their um, effects on the, the, the general population. And I feel that the more that the population gets educated on how to elicit their own internal pharmacy via learning what their sensory input bias is and learning what sensory input works best for them to elicit these natural painkillers, I think that would be so helpful. It would be so helpful because people would be able to learn that, hey, I can actually have some control over this. I think that's where a lot of people fall off the rails with their chronic pain is that the chronic pain eventually starts to control their life and it becomes a cycle of this chronic pain having more and more control and more control. And you can, you can reverse the cycle of giving the client more control over their pain, which is, I think, a much better cycle in the, in the management of pain for the long run for people. Awesome. We're talking empowerment here, people. Yeah, exactly. Healing is self-healing, right? We just point people in the direction of their own self-healing and their own path of opening and evolution. I love it, love it, love it. Luis, we're on the same page. It's so good. I love it. (laughs) How do our people um, reach you? If anybody out there is dying to reach you, how can they find you? So the the office number is... um, 669-247-6357. That is the office number for Optimal Body Works. And um, the email is optimalbodyworksllc at gmail.com. You can also uh, check us out at optimalbodyworks.com. I I share lots. I'll be planning on sharing lots more info on these natural painkillers, how you can manage them on your own accord. And um, I, I plan on sharing a lot more Um, content on that so please check out optimalbodyworks.com awesome we'll have to arrange to do a facebook live on um or something like that and um i would love to have you on um one of my pages or um coaching some of my people so that's wonderful news and i hope some of our listeners um if you're not in our area luis um obviously is working on me so he's in my um san jose california area but if you're not in um in this area don't let it stop you from reaching out to other practitioners Mm -hmm. okay and getting yourself empowered because you can get out of pain um if you're having chronic pain and you can't figure it out um have an expert introduce you to your body and help you um, work out the communication skills necessary, whether you need a lot of pressure or a little pressure, um, just embark on the journey of getting yourself out of pain. I think that really really matters. So this has been such a wonderful, wonderful time together, Louise. I'm still excited for your book. Can you plug in your book one more time? You should plug in your book one more time before the the podcast. Right, I should plug my book. So the book is Animal Legacies, which is so, um, um, and, you know, I talked about in this book, um, the loss of my dog Easter. He died in my arms unexpectedly, um, you you know, probably a little bit over a year uh, ago, and, um, 
and it was very um, traumatic. Now, don't think that this book is going to be all depresso, everybody, because it's very uplifting. It really is about how the love stays. Love is eternal. Um, it's about um, um, uh, the connections that we make with animals. It's, it's about all of these wonderful things. So the animal legacies, it's wonderful. I talk about in this book, my journey from um, being a happy mama to um, losing my baby to um, being a happy mama again when I open my heart to my new baby. And um, there's lots of authors. Um, there are 12 other authors in the book with me. This is a co-creative process, which I love. I love wow. um, anything that's co-creative is really cool. With that's me. really cool. Yeah. I so, think that's cool. Uh, and um, we're number one bestseller in not one, not two, but three countries, the U.S., Australia, and France. Yes. I'm so happy that my dogs are famous in France. <laughs> It's wonderful. It's wonderful. But that people are getting this healing information, right? They're learning how to connect with the tools that are in nature and how we're designed um, to be and um, just more messages of empowerment. Um, my book was a great success. Thank you, everybody who made it um, that way. If you haven't got your copy yet, go to Amazon, The Animal Legacies. You'll see we're big in France. Okay. <laughs> We're big, big, big in France. Okay, my friend, thank you so much. And thank you for reminding thank you so me much, of Ariel. my book. <laughs> um, and um, until next time, everybody, this is Ariel, and I'm wishing you happy healing. Thanks for joining us for the Healing Body, Mind, and Soul podcast with your host, Ariel Asher. Today's program has been brought to you by Soma Sound Therapy and the Healing Body, Mind, and Soul Network.